Hello and thank you for joining us in this podcast with Jeremy Marchant. And Jeremy Marchant is he's something of an expert on emotional intelligence. In fact, he is an expert on emotional intelligence, but that's not what we're here to talk about, is it, Jeremy? We're here to talk today about networking. So before we get into any sort of depth, let's get a few definitions in place. What is networking in the business context? Well, thank you for having me, Dave. Uh, the purpose of networking, I think most people believe, is to get business. Whether people go about the activity called networking in a way that's likely to get them business is another matter, and that's the thing that I'm really interested in, which is how can people modify their behaviour so that they are more successful at doing something that they're already doing. In many respects, networking events, so-called, I don't think are networking. I think networking is developing relationships with people, business people, whom you meet at networking events, but you develop the relationship outside that event. I should say right now, for the record, that we're going to do quite a few of these podcasts about networking because it's an enormous subject. We've known each other a long time. We actually met, funnily enough, at a networking event. Yes, I think Ant had invited all of his business contacts uh, to celebrate something, but it was it was simply by definition a networking event because it was an opportunity for us to network and uh, I don't know if you remember but uh, uh, we started having quite an earnest conversation at the moment I realised that you played the French horn uh, in an orchestra which has got nothing to do with what you do for your business but it was something that I found interesting and you found yourself willing to talk about. So let's um, let's explore that a little bit because I think that's really interesting Um, because it's true, isn't it? I mean, you, you, you sort of, if somebody is new to networking, and, I, and we've all met first-time networkers, we all were ourselves first-time networkers at some point, I think the, there's a sort of misconception, isn't there, that uh, well, there's probably lots of misconceptions about networking, but one of them certainly is that you go to networking to broadcast the uh, aspects of your business or service that you feel are need, need to be broadcast, you know, and uh, people talk about elevator pitches, they talk about, you know, being able to, uh, um, to te- you know, to tell people succinctly what you're doing and all that sort of thing. But you're absolutely right. We, we formed what became a long-lasting business relationship on the basis that we both happened to like music. And as you say, we didn't discuss, I don't think at all on that first occasion, what we actually did for a living I can't remember the details, but but it would have been entirely appropriate for us not to have discussed anything about our business. Because in truth, businesses, and particularly small businesses, work with each other on the basis that, as I think a guy was called Bob Berg, and he said, no like and trust. It's the capacity of one person to know the other person, to like them, and to trust them. And actually... Knowing doesn't really mean knowing what the other person does. It simply means knowing them as another human being. Um, And it's then that fruitful work may well derive from the relationship. Um, As you know, I've got lots of videos on my site, which you've done, and now we're doing these podcasts. Um, That primarily comes out of trust. I trust that you will do a good job. Um, but that trust came from the fact that 
as they used to say, that I realised you were a good egg, that you were somebody that I could relate to, um, somebody who would be uh, credible as a business person. And so that introduces a really interesting concept for me, is how can somebody be a credible business person even though other people don't really understand what they do? Because on the whole, most people don't understand what most other business people actually do. And I'd argue that it's not necessary to understand. And therefore, the people that think that they do have to explain it are actually, at best, wasting time. And at worst, actually putting people off. Can I, can I challenge you on that a little bit? I, I, I think um, I, I'd absolutely take your point that what you don't want to do when you first meet somebody particularly, or even after several meetings, is, is kind of bore them senseless with the, uh, the technical aspects of whatever job or service it is that you, you offer. But the other side of the coin is that clearly at some point you kind of need to make them aware that you do offer something that might be useful to them or somebody they know. So it's finding that balance, I suppose, isn't it, between, yeah, let's, you know, this is the sort of person I could have a beer with and, you know, and get to know, like, and trust sooner or later. But also, you know, you need, you kind of want to know, I mean, obviously, at some point, I must have mentioned to you that I made videos because we ended up making videos together. So, uh, uh, so do you think there's a balance there? Yes, but I, I, I'd still challenge you in return. I don't think that people are really interested in what other people do. I think people are interested in how other people can help them solve their problems and indeed how they can help their contacts solve their problems. So it's less about the, the behaviour that you do to solve my problem. It's the fact that you can solve my problem or help me solve my problem, which is the key thing that people are interested in. Um, and it's the key thing which... Uh, people can relate to when you tell them stories about your clients. I think most most people are more interested in finding about finding out about how you've solved other people's problems than they are about the fact that you're an accountant or even a marketing person or even a, a, a video company. And I, I, yeah, absolutely. I think I think you're right about that. Definitely. Um, you know, there is this this tendency to want to, you know, again, you know, if you perhaps haven't done a lot of networking or, or, or if it's just the approach you take, there is this tendency to say, well, I must, I must make sure that everybody in this room knows who I am and what I do, you know, before I leave tonight. Otherwise, I haven't achieved, you know, what I came here for and I've wasted the entry price if there was one and so on and so forth. But the fact of the matter is that just by meeting some people, you're going to hopefully meet some people that you get on with and hopefully you can start to build a relationship with them. Uh, so what I, was, what I was going to say in the rather long-winded question uh, was if you don't get the opportunity to talk very much and to tell people, um, is that because, you know, it's the old adage that actually the best thing you can do at a networking event is to listen Yes, I think you have to accept that you're working at the networking event on behalf of your business. Uh, it's not an entirely philanthropic exercise and that therefore what you're looking for are people who might become business contacts, bis people with whom you can work, people who could help you, people whom you can help. 
Um, and listening is the best way of finding that out quickly. Of course, if you, if you know that everybody else is doing the same thing, then you just end up with everybody silent because they're all waiting for somebody else to say something that they can listen to. But putting that aside, uh, if, you can, if you can get a, an idea of what the other person is about, what their personality is, you know, whether you uh, could get to know them and like them, then you need to be looking to developing that relationship outside the networking event. Networking events are really beauty contests in which you decide who you're going to date and the, the, the main work comes in one-to-one -one meetings that you have outside the networking event. That's, that's what a, I mean, think about what a network is. It's, it's a connection of nodes, if you like, and the nodes are the people and it's the connections which form the net. You know, think of a fishing net. So you need to develop those connections and not only is it very hard to do that at a networking event, networking events are not designed to help you do that. Networking events are designed to help you find people to date. The key thing is that if you are looking for more business, you shouldn't be picky about who you have a one-to-one -one with because by definition, you don't know these people until you've had the one-to-one. -one. One of the things uh, that you talk about, and I th it's probably worth saying at this point, Jeremy, that you, you have written a, uh, a book about networking. I have, um, and it's so f crammed full of interesting and fascinating material that the publisher has told me to cut it because it's too long. <laughs> right, okay. Well, 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 leaving that aside, I mean, obviously this book will, will be coming out in due course, and that's very exciting, and I'm absolutely certain it will be well worth reading, because I know you know a lot about this stuff. But one, I, I want to go through a few of the things that have come out of your process, your authorial process. And one of the things um, that you, you say is the purpose of going to networking events is not to find clients. Now, on the face of it, that is not uh, a very, you know, that doesn't seem intuitive. You know, you think, oh, I'm, I'm a, I've got a new business, I need to find clients, I'll go networking. So perhaps you could explain what you mean by that. Well, it links directly into what we've just been discussing. Uh, in a nutshell, I would say the purpose of going to a networking event is to find people who know clients. Um, I don't see many potential clients in networking events that I go to but I do see lots of people who know people who might be clients. And I'm afraid, using the analogy of a net, sometimes what happens is that you end up by talking to somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody, and in the end, down that chain, there's a client, and that has, that has happened to me. Uh, but if you expect to get, to get clients out of a networking event, you're going to be disappointed. And if you're disappointed, that's going to come across to other people in a... In a less than flattering way. So it's probably best to let go of that expectation uh, and just be curious about what's going to happen when you go to the event. Do you think it matters um, the type of event you go to? I mean, are some events better for starting to build this network and to start and build these relationships and this trust? Are some better than others or, or can, you, can you make this work kind of anywhere? Well, for sure, there are some that are better than others. Um, in some places, for example, uh, in Bristol, in England, we have a lot of events that are called networking events, and clearly some of them are, are, are a lot better than others. However, I think if you understand that the process of networking is really a process of forming business relationships with people, then 
you can become the master of your own destiny. You can basically make a silk purse out of whatever sales ear you happen to come across. And actually, that's probably going to be necessary because you can't dictate the quality of the events which you're presented with. You can only work with what's available. Mm. I, w- I was thinking in particular of the fact that some are structured you know, more than others. So, so, so some are networking event. You know, the launch party that we met at, or whatever party it was that we met at, for example, was not a structured networking event. It was just an event where somebody stood up and said something nice about about the company uh, that, that, that were ho- hosting the event, and, and you know, and then you were kind of left to get on with it, as opposed to a networking breakfast or a networking lunch where everybody sits around a table and you get a minute to say what it is you do and you you know and, and so on and so forth. I mean, do, do you have a do you have a view about that, or, or do you think actually you just have to take the opportunities where they? where they arise? I think you have to take the opportunities where they arise. Um, I'm not really convinced that just by hiring a room and sticking a sign above the door saying networking event, you've created a networking event. Um, On the other hand, there are some events which are structured to the point of death, really, and they're not. They're designed to meet the needs of the people running the event, not the needs of the people going to the event. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting point. We, we, we obviously won't mention names here. I'm sure we all have opinions about which networking events work and which perhaps don't for us. Um, but, but another thing, I mean, you do make a point as well about saying networking isn't going to networking events or it isn't just going to networking events. There's much more to it. Yeah, well, there's something more to it. There's, there's having the one-to-one meetings, um, and those one-to-one meetings can be had with anybody that you you meet or you're introduced to. It doesn't have to come out of a network, so-called networking event. I just feel that networking events are the richest form of contacts, and if you go about it assiduously, you can make progress quickly. I, I was taught that if you're a startup business um, and you don't have any fee-earning work to do, in a particular day, you should do four one-to-one meetings, which you can't have done unless you've been to a prior networking event to find the people you're going to meet with. But four one-to-ones is a lot. If you have no work to fee any work to do in a week, that's 20 in a week. I tried this when I first started out as a coach, and uh, the best I could manage was 13 in a month. And even that was far more than anybody else in the networking groups that I went to did. But you do need, to, it's just a numbers game. Yeah. You know, as my friend Sarah Owen says, you've got to kiss a lot of frogs. And I'm afraid you have to line the frogs up and start kissing. Yeah. And if you decide you're only going to do one a week, then it's going to take a long time before you find the one that turns into a prince or yeah. princess, depending on your taste. Let me, as, as we're sort of, you know, covering some of the, the, the basics of networking today, I, I wonder if I could ask you about some of the things that as a newcomer to networking, as a perhaps a new business, you know, that... that typical sort of things that were certainly that popped into my head when I started and I suspect I'm not alone in this and one of those was that you know you 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 kind of you're kind of aware that networking is important in whatever form it takes that you need to get out there and kiss the frogs as you put it but when you walk into a room whether it's a launch event or a specifically entitled network event that you're faced with a room full of people you know, and you might or might not know who's going to be there if there's been a list published beforehand that you've taken the trouble to look at, but probably not. And I remember almost a sense of panic when I walked in and saying, my next big client might be in this room, but I have no way of knowing who it is. 
So how do I talk to everybody? In the, how do I kiss all the frogs in the room? You know, and, and it's sort of almost overwhelming when you're new to it because you, well, it was to me anyway, because I kind of felt, oh, I've got to make the most of this. I've got to get, I've got to talk to as many people as possible, you know, and, and, and you know, and forget about the quality. It's all about the quantity, you know, and all that sort of stuff. So maybe a, a bit of advice how, how would, for new people who are new to this. Well, there's an excellent book called The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell, which was written maybe 20 years ago now. And it has some excellent information in it. One of the things he says is if you go into any room full of people, a few of them will be what he calls connectors, a few of them will be what he calls mavens, and a few of them will be what he calls salesmen, which I don't like as a term because it's unnecessarily gender-specific and I don't like the word sales either. So I call them influencers, which is what he actually means. Um, most of the people aren't any of those. Some, a few people, are more than one of those. What you need to do is to find the people who are connectors because connectors are defined as people who know a lot of people and, and this is a crucial bit, and they like connecting them. So the short answer to your question is you find the connectors and you talk to them and you ask them, who apart from you should I be talking to at this event? And they'll tell you. And if that sounds difficult, if you're a room full of 30 people, who might the connectors be? Well. Firstly, it would be rather nice to hope that the person organising the event was a connector um, and the, the good events are always run by connectors. So you talk to the connector. Um, the second thing, and this, I don't mean this flippantly, is you actually go up to and ask somebody at random who, is, who are the connectors here, having explained what a connector is. And they'll either tell you, because the connector has sought them out at some point in the past, or they'll say, Actually, to be honest, mate, I don't know because I'm here for the first time myself, at which point you've got to go and ask somebody else. So the connectors will be known to the other people in the room um, and seek them out. To go back to your point about being nervous, a simple way of dealing with that, because even I don't like going into a room full of people, and it's always funny, isn't it? They, they always have their backs to you when you walk in. Just make it harder still to interrupt. The first thing to do is be first. Let them go into the, to the room full of you rather than you have to go into a room full of them. If you're first and there's nobody else there, you can talk to the people running it who are possibly connectors. So you can get that bit out of the way. You can ask the people running it, once they've said, well, you know, Fred Bloggs is or Jane Doe is a connector, say, well, would you please introduce me to them when they arrive? And sort of dare the organiser not to do that because they will introduce you. And the, the organiser will probably say to Jane Doe when she comes in, well, I've just been talking to Jeremy, just been talking to Dave, uh, this is quite interesting, um, might be a good idea if you had a chat. So you will actually use the, some of the people in the room to help you with your endeavours. I don't like the word leverage, but that's what you're basically doing, you're leveraging the, the resources in the room for your benefit. And of course the funny thing is, other people will welcome that. Because nobody likes walking up to people cold and saying, can I talk to you, please? Um, they'll love it if the organiser presents them with somebody to talk to and says, well, you should talk to them. The difficulty will then be de disengaging yourself from them 10 minutes later. Well, that's an interesting one, isn't it, as well? Because that, that's a whole other area. But just before we get onto that, I mean, I, I, I certainly 
think your idea of talking to the organiser is a good one. And I certainly, in my own experience, remember in the early, early days, and, and, and more recently as well, you know, if you, if you make that effort to introduce yourself to the organiser, they often will say, oh, I must introduce you to so-and-so, I yep. must introduce you to so-and-so. And that kind of happens almost, it, it, it's almost automatic for them to do that, because as you say, they almost certainly are connectors, otherwise they wouldn't be organising a networking event. So that's a great piece of advice. Um, on the second point you made at the end there, about you know, at what point do you move on? And I know I've heard I've heard people talk about this before. You know, the thing of getting stuck in a conversation and how do you move on to the next person without seeming rude and all that sort of thing. I suppose these are that's a sort of technical point in a way, isn't it? Is 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 there a way of you know of gently saying, oh right, well I must go and talk to so and so over there, you know, and without without seeming rude. And is that and does that and should you be doing that? Yes, I mean, uh, formal words I might use is um, I've really enjoyed talking to you. Um, do you. Do you mind if I carry on networking or carry on circulating or whatever? Working the room. Yeah, I don't like to use the word <laughs> working the room, as yes, you know. That's a political sort of expression, isn't it? The use, the use of the words carry on implies that you were doing it before you started talking to them. Yeah. So they don't think that you're just brushing them off. If you think they're interesting people, what you should say is, well, I, I'm finding this conversation really interesting. In fact, it, I think it'd be really worth having a separate one-to-one. And can I contact you to arrange that? And you make sure you've got their business card. Um, so I think that would that's the main way of getting out of that. If, if, they're, if, if, you, if they're not of interest, and perhaps we can talk about that in a second, but if they're not of interest, I, it's perfectly acceptable to say this is a, this is a networking event, so... Would you mind if I carry on networking, please? Nobody's ever, ever objected to that. Um, and incidentally, that's a good line to interrupt people as well. Um, you walk into the room, it's full of people. Just go up to somebody and say, you say words to the effect of, this is a networking event, so can I talk to you, please? You say it slightly more politely, but that's essentially what it is. And anybody who objects, that's their problem because they don't understand what the purpose of the event is. Um, you know, networking events are not places to have private meetings with your favourite client. Um, you do that somewhere else. So I think that's very interesting. And, and you've mentioned several times you know, the, the, the one-to-one. And the one-to-one is a result of the, of the networking event. You know, so, so as you say, it's, as you've said repeatedly, and I'm, I'm just repeating what you said to make myself sound clever here, but um, you, you basically have to, you know, once you've met somebody new, if you have any inkling that they're of interest, then get that one-to-one arranged. Yes. And probably even if you think maybe they're not of interest, it's probably still worth doing the one-to-one because you kind of never know, do you? Exactly. And I, I would say uh, in the same way that uh, I said the purpose of a networking event um, is to find people you're going to have one-to-ones with, I would say the purpose of the one-to-one is to find out how you can help that person and then you help them. And... The reason for that is enshrined in the well-known phrase uh, Ivan Meissner of BNI invented, which is giver's gain. That if you are somebody who voluntarily gives to others, you will find that others voluntarily give to you. If you're somebody who is very protective of your resources, whether that's information or contacts or whatever, don't be surprised if other people follow suit. So the one-to-one is finding out how you can help them, and if they don't get what a one-to-one is, you could gently also help them to find it so that they can find out how they can help you. 
and there's no problem about asking for help in a one-to-one. -one. In fact, I always suggest that the last thing you say at a one-to-one -one is, who do you know who might be interested in this? And you ask the other person for one or more names which they're willing to give you, whom you can then contact and say, so I was talking to so-and-so the other day and your name came up and he thought that uh, uh, you might be, or he thought that it would be useful for us to talk. So could we have a one-to-one? -one? And if they say no, well, they say no. This is the frog kissing technique. This is how you identify frogs. You, you ask other frogs who are the good frogs to kiss, but you don't have any expectations. You just, just carry on. Well, on that, um, on that sort of magical fairy tale analogy uh, note, I think we're going to wrap up this first podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. Please join us again because we're going to be talking a lot more about networking, uh, Jeremy and I, in these podcasts. So uh, thank you very much, Jeremy. Thank you.